0: The immigrants. We are living
1: in the Welcome to Impact, I'm your host Pamela Anchang. Impact is a show where immigrants and Americans discuss America today. We have an exciting lineup of hot topics, entertainment, and profiles you can't afford to miss. And to you all in true American fashion, we say, what's up? On today's show, we will be discussing the challenges of children and young adults caught in the immigration firestorm, either living undocumented or with the uncertainty of Dhaka deferred action for childhood arrivals. What do Americans need to know? In tackling this very sensitive topic, are two brave panelists living this nightmare who will be making a case for their situation. So, on our Hot Topic panel, we have two DACA recipients, Mr. Bamba Jan Bamba, an actor and immigrant rights activist. He has worked on numerous television shows such as The Good Place and in films such as Black Panther, Bamba recently disclosed that he was a recipient of the Federal Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program DACA that is in danger of being terminated. He has since become the voice of DREAMers, appearing on CNN, MSNBC, NPR, TMZ, and many more news outlets. Hashtag Stand with Bamba is an advocacy campaign founded by Mr. Bamba to raise awareness about the immigrant experience in the entertainment industry and the hurdles that black undocumented people face in America's failing immigration system. He is also the recipient of the Courageous Advocate Award from the ACLU and Courageous Luminary Award from NILC, National Immigration Law Center. Mr. Bambajan is originally from Cote d'Ivoire. We have Ms. Melody Klingenfoss, who works for the Coalition for Human Immigrant Rights of Los Angeles Chile, California Dream Network CDN. She is a statewide youth organizer and a devoted advocate for immigrants' human rights. She has been a DACA recipient since 2015. We also have a representative of the American Voice who will listen and hopefully be convinced as to why or why not their arguments should be legitimized. We have Mr. Edwin Duterte, an American Republican candidate who sought election to the US House to represent the 43rd Congressional District of California. Edwin is a commercial real estate investment advisor and brings the American perspective to the conversation. We are finally expert representatives from one of the prominent immigration advocacy organizations, Mr. Julian Lucas, currently the University Legal Services Coordinator at Carrison in Los Angeles. Lucas was involved with organizations such as Carison and the Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights of Los Angeles Chile, while in high school. Ms. Julie Mitchell has worked at the Central American Resource Center Carison since 2005 and is currently the Managing Attorney of Naturalization, Family Based Immigration and TPS services. She has been active in the immigrant rights movement in Los Angeles throughout her professional and educational careers. And of course, following a hot topic panel is not to be missed an impact interview with a successful immigrant entrepreneur, former beauty queen, Mrs. Asia USA, Smita Vasan. Following that exciting interview will be our Community Impact Spotlight, where we introduce you to the pillars of our immigrant community. Mr. Mohamed Islam is the Executive Director of Saban, the South Asian Business Alliance Network. Last but not least, and the icing on the cake, is an Impact Best Self Word with Dr. Lorraine Niba, a champion and advocate for women's business leadership and girls' empowerment. As always, we bring you a packed and exciting show. So look out for some great world music selected just for you by world music master Charles. It's time to buckle up and enjoy this ride with us. And you're listening to Impact, where immigrants and Americans discuss America today. I am Pamela Anchang. Remember that as my co-host, you are welcome to join the conversation from wherever you are by sharing your thoughts on our Facebook page, at Impact with Pamela Anchang. And follow me on Instagram at Pamanchang, Twitter at Pamelaanchang, and finally, www.immigrantmagazine.com, voice of immigrants in America. So let's begin with a hot topic of the day, the challenges of children and young adults caught in the immigration firestorm, either living undocumented or with the uncertainty of DACA. What do Americans need to know? Welcome to the show, Bamba, over there melody and edwin so our topic today is the challenges of children and young adults caught in the immigration firestorm either living undocumented or with the uncertainty of daca what do americans need to know so that's what we're going to talk about Mm. so let's set the stage to many they are illegal a slur used to describe the undocumented population in the united states they are undocumented Because the one thing that distinguishes them from other immigrants is the absence of official documentation that would allow them to live here. Oftentimes, the situation is as a result of circumstances beyond their control, especially in the cases of children and young adults who were brought here by their parents. For these residents, life can be next to impossible to live. Now, picture a life of sneaking across borders in the dark of night. In some cases, sneaking to work or to school, or as a young adult, fearful of being pulled over by a cop or not returning home to your family. Yet, for the undocumented, this life of misery is preferable to the lives they led before in their home countries. On today's Impact, we will try to uncover their struggles and their challenges, and hopefully bring understanding and compassion to this controversial issue. So please welcome this great panel that will help us navigate this world of fear, invisibility, and hope for a better life. We have Mr. Bamba, Jean Bamba, a DACA recipient from Côte d'Ivoire, Africa. Oui, oui. Absolutely. (laughs) Ms. Melody Klingenfoss, she's a DACA recipient since
2: 2015.
1: Yes. And Mr. Edwin Dutert, an American and Republican candidate who sought election to the U.S. House to represent the 43rd Congressional District of California.
3: Great. I'm glad
4: to be here.
1: Absolutely. So you guys are welcome to the show.
4: I didn't know we had a real politician here with us today.
1: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not a uh, <laughs> not an elected fig-
4: figure. I'm not an elected figure.
1: Yes, well, <laughs> tried, He's though. bringing. He's going to bring that perspective that we need because that's who we need to talk to. Because okay. it's the policies that make you stay or not. Yeah. So if we talk right, yeah. he might just talk to the powers that be. Yeah.
3: We need to fix a <laughs> lot of things uh, mm. in, in our political system.
1: Absolutely. So in a nutshell, I want Bamba and Melody. To tell us about the experiences. First of all, if you can tell us in a nutshell when you got here and just a little bit about yourself. Bamba, let's start with you.
4: Okay, great. Uh, so, like you said, my name is Bamba John Bamba. I'm from Cote d'Ivoire. Came to the country in 1992. Uh, my parents were fleeing political persecution and uh, we moved to the South Bronx and... Uh, went to middle school, high school, and that's when I found out uh, when it was time to go to college that technically I was mm. undocumented. We had an asylum case that took a very long time. And um, when it was finally approved, I had aged out. Uh-huh. So when um, Obama, thank God, uh, signed the executive order for DACA, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's how I remain able to work in America. That's so crazy. that's my story in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, that your story is the typical story, especially of young people. I have been to conferences where mm-hmm. they've given their testimonies mm-hmm. and most oftentimes they find out when they're doing the high school application yeah. process. That's, so, when,
4: that's when you see the difference. And it's a black immigrant experience because most of us come here legally and because of refu- trying to apply for refugee status, asylee status, Absolutely. or TPS. Because you know you can't, job, you can't
1: swim all your way to the United States from Africa.
4: Uh, not yet (laughs) (laughs) no one has done it yet
1: so typically so melody tell us your story
0: yes so similarly to Bamba I think where we kind of unite is when we find out we're undocumented Mm -hmm. Um, so I found out I was undocumented when I was 17 years old I actually came to the U.S. when I was nine years old Uh, so I came in uh, 2002 Mm -hmm. and I came from Guatemala I was born there, I grew up in poverty there, I grew up there uh, as an orphan, so it was a really rough childhood, not having my parents around, and I only had myself to make sense of things, and so I have, like, you know, scars all over my body, because I would always fall or trip, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody nobody was watching me, and I was always really curious, so I think those scars remind me where I come from, my Mm -hmm. origin, and it has pushed me to do all the work that I'm doing now, and so Right there, when I was applying to college, I realized mm-hmm. that I was gonna have to work twice as hard to get half as far as everybody else, and it hits you like a bat to the face. And this is me speaking as a, as a the experience living in California. So mm-hmm. imagine other states that don't even have right. all these laws. So we have AB 540 here in California in state tuition. We have California Dream Act in state financial aid, That's true. and we actually just have that mentality that California is a progressive state. And so I do feel really unafraid to say that I'm undocumented, Mm -hmm. but that's only my experience. Um, So I ended up, you know, focusing on education. I went to Cal State LA for my undergrad. I graduated in two years, so I graduated when I was 20. So I I was a very angry youth because... I knew that I wasn't an equal and so then I decided to get involved in a movement I got involved through CHIRLA, the Coalition for Human Immigrant Rights mm-hmm. and I wanted to go to get my master's at USC which had been denied to me when I was applying to school so I actually got into USC and I graduated last year at of 22 so right. I'm 23 now, 24 now actually, <laughs> forgot my age here, <laughs> Don't rush it got now. excited talking <laughs> about my experience yes. um, and so I I, you know, I usually fit the typical dreamer, poster child. Like this, this is the type of immigrant that we want in this country, and I yeah. want to reject that, right? Because mm-hmm. that was just my life and it was my path. But there are so many other experiences that are still valid.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, with all of that, what you two have said, do you think? I want you to tell Americans what your daily anxieties are, because. Me, do we think that they understand what's going on? Bamba, do you think, tell me, tell us about your daily worry.
4: I mean, my daily worry is um, a, a few weeks ago, Judge Hannon in Texas had to make a decision on DACA. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember I, I had sleepless nights because that decision could have resulted in me being rendered illegal exactly. and potentially mm-hmm. deported. And I have a family, I have a wife, and I have a daughter. Mm-hmm. So it affects, like, my real personal life. Right. And the thing is, when, when you have DACA, people just think, oh, you just, you know, apply real quick and you get the document. No, they you have to go get your fingerprints. You have to prove that you're a model citizen. You, you've ne- you never you had afford- a... uh, uh, Yeah, uh, criminal background. And then they tell you like, if you have a mishap, if someone attacks you, you fight back, and you end up um, being charged with something, you will, you lose your status. So DACA is like a very. It's like
1: being on probation.
4: It's really. (laughs) It's like this thing they give you, but they're like, if you make any mistake, it's done. So um that's that's kind of like my everyday life and you know things happen every day that make you think man I'm mm. going to speak up about this or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that but you 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 have to learn to kind of like walk on this fine line you just remember who you are remember who what, what status you have <laughs> and how fickle it is and how it yeah. could really affect your life because as a black immigrant I mean as you know police stops us at a much higher rate. And um, for us, we're we're not only criminalized, but deported at a much higher um, rate than everybody else who's undocumented.
0: Melody? Yes, for me, I actually, my anxieties and everything that I feel every day um, really stem from an experience that I had back in January. So I actually got to attend a State of the Union. Um, I was uh, Democratic leader Nancy Pelosi's guest, okay. and so I was about what fifty feet away from, from Trump, from Trump so and his family. What, was
4: there really a huge crowd? <laughs> I, I just wanted to ask
0: someone who was Instead there. set that once and for all, but they had <laughs> well, to be there. That was their <laughs> That's for their defense. Okay. And <laughs> so it was inside the um, House of Representatives, inside the the chamber, and I think what I experienced that day. There was a melody before that, and then the melody after that. It was like I was in a KKK rally. It was like I was back in Nazi Germany. Um, I think all the emotions running through me, you know, were like extremely overwhelming. I had to call my mom right after and just, you know, vent to her and everything. Because it's when I realized that when we say that Donald Trump is racist, and, you know, when we say all these... Um, When we talk about his obvious hatred towards any minority, we really don't understand what we're talking about. Like, it's beyond our understanding. It's like a whole ideology that extends on not only white nationalism, but white supremacism, right? That only, you know, whites are able to or should be able to get any type of benefits or any type of. Um, help, and they're really the supreme race, and so I just really, really always go back to that point to inspire me to be a voice for those who don't have DACA, for those who didn't qualify for DACA for refugees, for asylums, you know all these different types of immigrants.
1: so let me ask you one quick question, both mm-hmm. of you. Do you hold anybody responsible for your situations? There's a whole... There's a resentment somewhere, parents, society, who? um,
0: There's a whole, um, when we say, oh, I was brought to the U.S. when I was like, what, nine years old, let's say. Then immediately when you say that, you're placing the blame on your parents. Right. And I don't think that's fair. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I always say I came to the U.S. when I was nine. It was me. Because my mom was just trying to meet me for the first time. You know, I didn't grow up with her and she was just trying to give me a better life and it's like if I put myself in her shoes like what wouldn't I do for a child if I had one and so there is that whole oh it's the parents fault, but like we can't blame our parents that is such such a toxic mentality Mm -hmm. that we need to completely reject I was very angry at the time when I found out I was undocumented but I encourage folks who haven't gone through that or who have yet to face that to really um heal within themselves and seek help and seek support Mm -hmm. because i was only able to heal from that experience with my community and i i really encourage them to do that because only then will you be able to understand that you are here in this country to make a difference even if it's just for one other immigrant thank you bamba
4: yeah uh i mean i echo those feelings shoot if if there's a war in america today i'm gonna take my wife and my daughter and we're gonna drive out and you know (laughs) try to get to safety that's what people do yeah that's Mm -hmm. what happens you know that's what happened back in the past when um after uh slavery was abolished people were fleeing the south to Mm -hmm. go to the north Mm -hmm. i mean people migrate all the time so Mm -hmm. i i don't blame my parents because hey we were trying to survive and on the other end who i Really blame is the broken, dysfunctional immigration system. Yes, I mean my asylum case. I, I mean it literally, like it took twenty years, and then you aged out, like and I say. age out. That's so unfortunate. And my 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 parents have 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 a green card, but I'm sitting but here know, with, I'm with nothing. That's like, ridiculous. What sense does that make? Nothing. I mean, there's so many people who are stuck. Mm. Um. You know, like in limbo, like me, just because how do your the process about that and the system. My mom is like praying every day. So she's, she's like, okay, and you are no, not no, she's like, she, how can she be okay when her son <sighs> is like um, not safe? She's like, man, I have it, but it, you can't really rejoice because no. your fam part of your family, is still like in this in this crazy That's limbo.
0: I can't even tell my mom fully what I do because I'm scared that she's not gonna want Girl, me out there. You know, she's I, gonna worry.
4: When I told my mom, she was like, "Don't do it." <laughs> It. Well, you yeah. know what? You could do it, but don't talk about me. Yeah. <laughs> don't say right. about
2: yeah. me. <laughs> ah,
1: thank you so much for t- sharing that your stories. Um, if you're l- just tuning in, you're listening to Impact on KPFK 90.7 FM, where immigrants and Americans discuss America today. I'm Pamela Anchang, Chang, and we just have this great panel Mr. Bamba John Bamba, a DACA recipient from Africa, and Miss Melody Klingon Fuss, who just made compelling arguments on behalf of all undocumented immigrants about why they deserve a chance to lead normal lives and out of the shadows. We will now get a response from Mr. Edwin Dutert, our American panelist who will share his point of view, his observations, and what he thinks we could do to resolve this because we know, Edwin, that we need to come to some kind of a
3: solution with this. So, welcome to Impact. Thank you for uh, for having me, and uh, you know, congratulations on, uh, on on school. And uh, we we had a great discussion out in the uh, on the back. And uh, thanks for uh, you know, and it was very uh, very helpful. Well, let me give you my story first. Uh, you know, my parents like uh, uh, immigrated from the Philippines in 1968, mm-hmm. and you know, before coming to America, you know, they had to go through a process to get a- into America. And once they uh, came to America, they they went through the process to get their citizenship. Once they got their uh, citizenship, They petitioned their family members to come and, uh, you know, and live the American dream. And, uh, you know, they did that in 1976. And it took them several years, you know, over a decade to get into America. And then once they got into America, they started the process to get their Mm -hmm. citizenship as well. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, my father came here with only $67 in his pocket. And uh, because he, you know, because he worked hard and he he was, you know, he was educated, he got a Mm -hmm. a nice job. He flourished and, and lived the American dream. You know, I hear, uh, you know, these stories and, you know, and they're they're heartbreaking, especially when someone flees their, their country because of, uh, you know, because of, uh, you know, war or because of difficulties politically or, uh, you know. Or you children, know, like, who, or children didn't who, who didn't make those decisions. Didn't make those decisions and, uh, you know, and their parents wanted a, a better life for for them. And, yeah. you know, and went through a process that was unconventional. Correct. You know, so one of the things that, you know, I know in the system is, uh, you know, administrative wise, a lot of people don't come into the into America illegally because they cross the border or they jump the wall or anything. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of a lot of times they come over uh, and they overextend their their visas and you know and go through life that way. What I see as a problem is how we're dealing it with it now and how we should be dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how we're dealing with now is we're focusing so much on the criminality of you know of, of immigration, you know, and how to fix it at that point of view. Where I really think that we should put more resources and more energy into fixing it on the administrative process, you know, i.e. you know uh, uh, getting here faster getting their paperwork faster mm-hmm. and getting uh, things in the process faster and you know in, in cases uh, you come in because of res- refugee status uh, there should be a faster process because of that mm-hmm. uh, i don't know how the system works fully because you know i haven't gone through that system but i'm sure you know because of technology and uh, and so forth we we should be working on that because things are so political in nature, you know, both sides, uh, you know, the conservatives and liberals, you know, they kind of use this as a as a political way to stay in power. Whether you know, you know, they want these these many votes or or that many votes or whatever, and no one's really tackling the problem. And I would like to see you know uh, some of our you know people on the federal level to make those changes and and say, look, people's lives are, are on the line. You know, even though we're f- concentrating on, on criminality and focusing on criminality, and even though the media is is presenting all these problems uh, you know, emotionally, let's really sit back and, and find out what is the root of it and how can we fix it. Let, let me ask you, Edwin.
1: Let's break it down. Yeah. The media reports what it hears and what it sees. Right. That's the job of the media. Right. What about who's responsible for making sure that these young people are yeah. leading normal lives? Because... The media is not going to make the policies. Right, right, right. So someone is responsible. Even yeah. the criminalization of it, like yeah. you said, in his case, he aged out. Yeah. So now yeah. he's out of status. She came here at the age of nine, and there are millions of kids out, right. young people right. out there in right. the situation. And I know, I know a lot of them. I okay, know a lot of what it, like what, what you have run for office? I, I re- so what I, would be your position? Would it be to legalize everybody? Well. Oh, what would it be?
3: I, I, w- I would first look at the at the uh, administrative process and figure out what what can we use in technology to make the process faster. Okay, we've already established that. Yeah, talk about these folks now. Yeah, what do we do with that? You know, we I don't know and you legalize. Know, and, and, well, so here's here's a problem. Well, I think what we, what we need to do is we need to find an, and have you know a serious discussion where you know we don't get the emotional attachments and so forth. We have to say, okay, we know you're here, we know you're a good outstanding citizen. We know that you are good for the community. You are helping the community. You're 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 being a, a benefit to the community. Now, what do we do that's fair with somebody who is on your same level but just not that That wants to come to America, you know so it, once we could establish uh, you know what's fair to somebody who's waiting in line and who's who's waiting you know outside of outside of the country, what is fair because you know I know that you know one of the arguments is you know people here they're paying taxes, they're outstanding citizens, uh, and we just need or they just need legalized status but on the on the same hand, you got somebody who's overseas who Wants to pay taxes. Wants to live the same American. Can dream. we do both at the same time? Well, th- w- yeah.
1: how difficult well, is it for yeah. these young people? Yeah, and for how us to just make sure that yeah. they're not living in fear? Well, how about and how about
3: the, the people who are living outside the country who might be living in fear? How does this stop? If yeah. we give them
1: status, yeah. how does this stop us from giving them the other status? We can do all. Can we do it all? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it just a stroke of a
3: signature? Well, it's it's probably a little bit. It it probably, but the reality is, executive had, order had one. Executive order. One one of the things that we oh, have to one one thing we have to understand with executive order is that mm-hmm. it's temporary. I know that. But so. right now yeah.
1: they are desperate. Yeah. We are. Listen, yeah. Edwin. Yeah. We are a nation of Christian values,
3: right? Aren't right. we?
1: Right. So it boggles, yeah. it bugs my mind that we find it hard, and we put it and say, "Oh, emotion. We don't want emotion." Blah blah blah. It's not about emotion. It's about the fact that people's lives are at stake. He's a parent. Yeah. He's a husband. Right. If Dhaka is completely terminated, he's going back to a country he's never known.
3: Right. 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 Right.
1: right. She is going back to a country she has no clue about. Where is the humanity in that Christianity? Because it it bothers me when Christians, because what is really the message of that Christianity? And I'm not speaking as a Christian or anything of the sort. I'm just talking about the history of this country. Yeah. It's based on fundamental Christian values. Yeah. Well,
3: there's a whole bunch of things uh, in in that. Why is it
1: difficult for... Us to understand and to just say, you know what? If we don't want to do executive yeah. order, let's yeah. follow the, like, yeah, like late yeah. McCain said, regular right. order, yeah, yeah. Let's I, follow regular I order. I agree. I agree. and I agree. Give status to even just DACA. I yeah. mean, we have uh, how many undocumented uh, people do we have in this country? Maybe no, eleven
3: million or above. Twelve it's, it's, it's it's about about yeah, that, yeah, right? Something like that. Yeah, yes. I, I I agree with you. I I think that the uh, you know the House and the Senate have to have to get get in there and. Fix a lot of the problems. So,
4: do you agree that DACA recipients should have papers? That's well, my question to you. Well, I, yes or no?
3: That's a good question. Well, here, I I think we should figure out what's fair, and we should have the debate in the House and in the and the Senate to actually have that. And and you know, but we we have we've been through. having
1: this conversation for years.
3: We have, we exactly. Exact, so absolutely. why are we
1: still going to keep having conversations in the meantime? People's and, lives and,
3: are. Well, we 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 have to. Have the politicians sit down and we have to demand that they do something. And, you know, and one way or the other, they have to fix the, the problem.
4: You know. but you're here as like a representative to people in your community yeah. right you ran for office yeah but right. you you can't even give us a yes or a no so how if we you think get up daca there? recipients should have paid. you're just yeah. saying oh we have to debate it has to be in the house yeah. I get that yeah. but if you were in that house what side would you pick
3: that's the question but with, with the side I would pick yes. is I would I would say how do we make it fair because I want I know truth be okay. known, I know a lot of people who came came to America uh, through a path that wasn't that wasn't right, you know, and they're outstanding citizens, you know, and, you know, they, you know, they are doing what they can to have a good life, pay taxes and so forth. So I do know that I, I know people who have gone to school, you know, and I want I want to see them benefit, uh, you know, in the American dream as much as I, you know, because I'm lucky I, I was born here.
0: Right.
3: I want to have that same uh, same, uh, you know, benefits. You know, so but also, you, also I, I have to think about the, the, you know, yeah. about other people in other countries where, is, is, is it fair to them? So, um, you know,
4: so is it fair to, to other so people? So you're fighting for like, your family members who are in line in Philippines and waiting to come here legally,
3: well,
1: right? I, I, or,
4: I, or, or other people other, like that. Because places, if you're from Europe or for, from any white country, there's no line. You just say, hey, I want to come and they give and you a visa and I, you come that here. That is true. Right? I, have, I, have I just group, want you to know I, yeah, that.
3: And, and yes, I have a right? lot of friends from Asia, mm-hmm. from China. Uh, that went to like the UNLV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know some people, you know, also from uh, you know from all over the place that have come from you know Latin America. So I I do see that, you know. But what do, what do we do with uh, let's say with, with your family? Uh, what do, what do we say with your family who are overseas uh, and that want to come here?
1: Well, let's not worry
2: about them. Yeah. Well, they are here. Yeah, they're here. They're here,
3: and yeah. their future
1: and right. their their their.
3: Their yeah. livelihood, yeah. is at stake. Yeah. No, well, their li- li- their livelihood is 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 at stake, and yes. we want them to be, you know, we want you guys to be <laughs> successful, you know. But again, if if, if we're are, are about being fair. Is it fair to, to other people who've waited just as long as you've been here? But I the shouldn't. thing... Hold on. Go the ahead. same
4: thing is, is it fair for um, your mom to have only been in America for two, three years, and then you pop out and you have citizenship? Is that fair?
3: Is that fair? Well, they <laughs> went through the process. Oh, oh, oh they, they, hold on. They went through the process.
4: No, but you're talking about being fair and about how, how, how much time. If we could use the same analogy, it means that, hey, let's just say before a, a mother son or mother's kid can become a citizen in america let them be in this country for 25 years let do you time. would not be a citizen today well, and you would be in the same uh, case uh, and you would be sitting here talking the, about like oh that's not fair but it's the law and people make the law uh, people we make the laws, pass and, laws and, and, and
3: we need to go in and modify certain laws Okay, so, I, so, so, I, so I, like I, laws I, I of being the, born in
4: America, and makes you an American, you think we should modify that? Th- that that's a current law, so you know that's... You Do know, you think that needs to be modified? That's my question. No, I don't think that needs to be oh, modified. Oh, you don't think so, no. but you you benefited from it. I'm be- I right? benefited. Okay, so <laughs> and, can and we yeah, also benefit from being in America so me, so Adrian, kids did kids for did, over did, 20 years? Did, did their <laughs> story, on, if, let
1: me say this. If they're sitting right here next to you, yeah. and their stories did not make you be able to say you know what, I have a change of heart. Then I don't know, how are we are going to get to the top? You know, you ran for yeah. office. Yeah. You ran on a platform. Yeah. Okay? And we, I thought maybe by bringing them face-to-face, because that's the whole reason we're having this conversation, yeah. because I've always felt like maybe Americans don't understand. Yeah. Maybe we need to share these stories. Maybe when they hear these stories, they'll have a change mm-hmm. of heart. I'm wondering why you are not having a change of heart, because she just told you her story.
3: Right. Such an outstanding
1: right. citizen who great, could very great easily
3: person. Great person. be
1: falling into criminality. Yeah. Same over there. And you cannot bring yourself to say, you know what? Let's make a diff- let's do this for once and for all. Yeah. Because this thing yeah. about the line yeah. is a theoretical line. It's not a concrete line. It's the line is there based on how yeah. we determine the line to be. Right. Right. Okay. So no. why is it difficult? For us to come to a resolution and say, you know what, Dhaka needs to become part of the legal status.
3: I uh, so in in terms of that, uh, we like I said before, you know, thank me, thank you for introducing me to to everybody and, and hearing their stories. They're great stories, and I hear those stories all the time. You know, in my neighborhood, and yet- I did. Well, what I would, you know, for for those of you who haven't been listening, I want to make changes and find out how we could fix things on the administrative process. You know, because once we fix the administrative process, you know, maybe, maybe they have twenty years. Well, that I'm not in. I'm not in office. I wish I was in office because there's certain things that we probably can do and that we can with that we can go out and convince other members in Congress to do. You know, so you know by doing that, you know it it. it We had to change... Uh, you know, the administrative process and might, that might be part of the administrative process. There's a lot of things that
4: need to be fixed and I agree with you. This man in his administrative process. Okay. I don't even know what the heck. And I don't we, know. Like, give well, us some details minute, like, about he's like administrative process. <laughs> Maybe you,
1: make, make your appeal. Make your appeal. Please <laughs> t- and and tell America process. what do you need to know and what no do you think sense. needs to be done. I
0: just feel like we've already had this conversation with the Federal Dream Act. The Federal Dream Act was introduced in 2001 and it would benefit DACA recipients and TPS recipients, temporary protective status from 10 different countries who could potentially become citizens. So me and Bamba can become citizens 15 years from now. And that still hasn't passed. We came five votes from passing that in 2010 and we didn't have the democratic support. Now we do. And now we're still pushing for the Federal Dream Act as a permanent solution next to DACA. And and those conversations led us nowhere.
4: Remember there was a government shutdown because... Of the, the the same conversation that meant to happen is because of people like you who are saying, oh, let's be fair to both sides. Ah. But let's look at the real facts. Right. What's the easiest fix that we have? Like what 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 step forward can we take to say, OK, let's let let let's at least have good faith of fixing this this system and this 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 issue. The first thing is DACA recipient Dream Act. It's an easy we're already in the system. We speak English. 98% of us are are educated, have a degree. What else do you want, Edwin? That's
1: a question for next episode of Impact. You're listening to Impact on KPFK 90.7 FM, where immigrants and Americans discuss America Today. We are discussing the challenges of children and young adults caught in the immigration firestorm, either living undocumented or the uncertainty of DACA. And Mr. Bamba Jan Bamba, actor, immigrant rights activist, and DACA recipient, and Ms. Melody Klingenfoss, statewide youth organizer and a devoted advocate for immigrants' human rights. DACA recipients since 2015 were trying to make their argument to Mr. Edwin Dutert, who's representing our American voice. He's a Republican candidate who sought elections to the U.S. House to represent the 43rd congressional district of California. And this is Impact on KPFK 90.7, where immigrants and Americans discuss America today. I'm Pamela Ancheng. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Let's talk about the path forward and now, to tie it all together with some resources, are two experts. Ms. Julie Mitchell from the Central American Resource Center, Carrison. She is currently the managing attorney of naturalization, family based immigration, and TPS services. Julie has been active in the immigrant rights movement in Los Angeles throughout her professional and educational careers. We also have Mr. Julian Lucas, currently the university legal services coordinator for, at Carrison in Los Angeles. Lucas was involved in with organizations such as Carison and the Coalition for Humane Immigrant Rights of Los Angeles, Julia, while in high school. So welcome to Impact, Julie and Julian. Thank you. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Thank you. So after what you just heard, tell me about what your organization is doing to help support this situation with our undocumented. Julie, let's start with you.
5: Well, we have a legal department. We offer mostly free immigration legal services to community members. We have a pretty large DACA team that offers assistance with DACA renewals. Um, We receive funding from the state to uh, offer filing fee assistance uh, to DACA recipients in California. Maybe I can uh, let Julian talk a little bit about our services at Dream Centers and other places.
6: Right. So because of the Immediate impact on DACA, we have an immediate response, right? As a carecen as legal service providers, Mm -hmm. we often uh, build partnerships with different university centers, which are now starting to have these dream resource centers where students who are undocumented Mm -hmm. or have different statuses can seek legal services. Mm -hmm. So that's where we, uh, we go in and we provide free services to the students who need them. At the moment, we've been able to help out so many DACA recipients, especially given the The uncertainty, right? Because uh, Mm -hmm. we don't know when DACA is going to be terminated or if it's not going to be terminated at all. So there's Mm -hmm. always this question mark uh, posted there. So we're always there providing uh, advice and Mm -hmm. providing more information to the students who are seeking this information.
1: So what do they need to know? What do the undocumented out there, what do they need to know about the organization and how they can help themselves?
6: What they need to know about the organization is that we're always going to be there present, either okay. via email. We have a hotline that's uh, always available for them to communicate to. Mm-hmm. And we are also um, we also have, like, drop-ins at all times. So mm-hmm. we have walk-in uh, services that you don't need to make an appointment. You could mm-hmm. just go into their main office and then seek legal expertise advice.
1: Okay. Julie, what's the
5: status of DACA right now? Any update? That's a very good question. I was trying to think through all of the important DACA decisions um, that have happened over the last couple years. And those that are listening can't see, but I have two pages of very tiny print of all the important court decisions that have happened Mm -hmm. recently, um, which I think represents why there's so much uncertainty and confusion about the present state of DACA and and the future of, of DACA. So currently what is happening is um, those that have had DACA already are currently able to renew their DACA. We don't know how long that's going to to last. This is pending a, uh, a rejection of a preliminary um, injunction that is uh, currently pending appeal. So currently, if people have DACA, they can renew DACA, but no one can submit an initial application. So if somebody hasn't had DACA before, right. um, they can't apply for DACA for the first time. Um, so we're running into more and more problems as younger people, especially high school-age students. Mm-hmm. They're getting to the point where they want to have a work permit. They want to do things, and, and they don't have the opportunity to, to apply for DACA. And then also, currently, if you have DACA, you're not allowed to ask for advanced parole anymore. So those that have DACA can't travel, which has not only important personal benefits for a lot of people, but also can have uh, potential legal benefits for people as well. Yeah, it's very risky.
1: Yeah. It's really risky. Um, Julian, what do undocumented people need to know? Do they have any rights, even those who are not covered by DACA? What do they need to know as far as protecting themselves from getting into trouble? with the system.
6: Right. So everyone who's undocumented has to know that they always have a, uh, a legal right to consult with an immigration attorney before mm-hmm. if they were ever apprehended. They also have. Uh, uh, we also provide know your rights uh, trainings okay. for all of them. Mm-hmm. And I believe Julie can uh, best advise on this answer if there's any more um, rights that undocumented. What they need to know. Yeah.
5: I mean, I think that knowledge is power. Um, so um, one of the most important things is to To, first of all, see if you could potentially qualify for any other other relief, Um, not just for the youth that have DACA, but youth that are uh, undocumented, um, youth that have TPS, that um, are the majority of TPS holders are losing their status Mm -hmm. in the upcoming year, I think that we've found that around 12% of uh, the um, youth that we provide legal services to with one of those kind of temporary statuses, whether it be TPS or DACA, qualify for some other sort of more stable relief. Um, The other important thing to know if you live in the state of California is uh, the state of California has provided um, kind of a significant amount um, of money towards legal services for uh, the immigrant community um, so if you live in the state of California it's likely that you're able to get a free consultation uh, with an attorney or an accredited representative to know not only your legal rights but to know if you can qualify for one of those other other services okay um, I also know that there's been a lot of confusion uh, about um, whether and when to uh, to renew uh, DACA yeah um, which is a complicated question to to answer. But uh, the majority of um, nonprofits have received um, money from the state to be able to provide DACA renewal services for for free, including filing fee assistance.
1: That's wonderful. I'm sure we can talk about everything today. So let's just see um, how can they find, get more information about Carison so they can get more information, know how to find you and, you know, take advantage of your services.
5: You can go onto our website, www.caresin-la.org, and Caresin is C-A-R-E-C-E-N. You can request a Know Your Rights presentation. Um, we will come to your community center, your clinic, uh, your school um, to give a, a, a presentation, answer questions. We hold clinics all over the city. Um, you can also find us at public libraries. Um, the library now has an initiative where you can just go right onto the uh, LAPL website um, and schedule an, an appointment, a free appointment to get uh, legal advice and uh, assistance with your your immigration case when eligible there's also family source centers throughout the county where you can get free legal services if you become a member of the uh, the center or you can come to our offices in LA or Van Nuys or okay. look one of the many other nonprofits <laughs> in the in the area
1: that's great so it's a Central American resource center is it only for Central Americans or? Everybody? No, we're
5: open to everyone.
1: (laughs) I'm just asking, just making sure. (laughs) Okay. Thank you all so much for your great work um, with our immigrant community. We hope you come back again with more updates, you know, and hopefully better news for the undocumented community. Thank you so much for coming.
5: Thank you for having us. You're
1: welcome. And you're listening to Impact on KPFK 90.7, where immigrants and Americans discuss America Today. I'm Pamela Anchang, and that was a very informative dialogue about the challenges faced by undocumented immigrants. Welcome back. You're listening to Impact on KPFK 90.7 FM, where immigrants and Americans discuss America Today. I'm Pamela Anchang. Now, after that very insightful discussion with our formidable panel, we are now switching gears to a special impact story where we bring you compelling stories of immigrants who are making a difference in shaping the fabric of this nation. Indian-born immigrant Smita Vasant is the founder of Nemo's Exotic Ice Cream, a brand of Indian-style ice cream, and Saffron Spot, a popular snack bar in Artesia, Orange County, California. She has been featured in many newspapers and magazines, such as Bon Appetit Magazine, the Los Angeles Times, and many more. A community leader, Smita, not only participates in cultural activities, she actively mentors other women business owners. A former Mrs. Asia USA, Smita is also an avid fashion blogger who promotes Indian fashion, hence co-founder of LA Indian Fashion Week, an annual event that celebrates and promotes Indian fashion. Smita is a past board member of the Los Angeles-Mumbai Sister Cities affiliation and is also an ambassador for Child Race, a charity organization in her hometown, Mumbai, that provides resources and guidance for children with disabilities. Smita has also served as a board member of Saban South Asian Business Alliance Network and NABO National Association of Women Business Owners. The woman does it all, and is no doubt a true measure of immigrant success and impact. Let's welcome Smita to the show to tell us how she has managed to become so incredibly successful and amazing at so much. Welcome to Impact, Smita. Thank you, Pamela.
7: It's great to be here.
1: Oh, it's such a pleasure. So much to talk about. So let's just get to it. This is a question I ask everybody, especially our immigrant success stories, to begin with. Why did you come to the United States? What
7: marriage.
1: Marriage brought me to the United States. Oh, wonderful. We yeah. all come for different reasons. So how Definitely. did that transcend into... Tell <laughs> the story. want to
7: hear. Um, years ago. Trans- years, years yeah. ago. Okay. Okay. Um, Met my husband in India, mm-hmm. and he was here, so okay. basically came with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an arranged marriage, so, okay. you know, met him through our parents and then ended up in United States. I
1: love that story. We're going to have another show <laughs> about that topic,
7: <laughs> about
1: the culture and the arranged marriage and everything. So what challenges did you face, especially when you just moved here and given that it was an arranged marriage? Did the, the culture, anything shock you, and did you find community that, you know, helped you.
7: Definitely. See, Mm -hmm. at that time, you know, when you're young, you're, it's much easier to be open to a lot of different things. Yes. So that transition, I don't remember it being too hard. Okay. Um, uh, You know, also, of course, a new marriage and everything, things, it takes time, but ultimately everything fits in and it's great to be here.
1: That's wonderful. (laughs) So tell me, and now I know marriage, Mm -hmm. what are some of the You know, as a community leader, because you are in your community entrenched in Mumbai's sister cities Mm -hmm. and whatnot. What are some of the reasons that you see why most Indians come? Because India is a it's a big country.
7: Uh, I think everybody comes kind of for the reasons of better opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, Nowadays, definitely many, many more opportunities in India opening up as well. And I I hear of people, some of them going back now. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I came here in the 80s. And a lot of people are coming here for better opportunities, better job prospects, you Mm -hmm. know, just improving life in general. Yeah.
1: So you're someone that's very culturally involved, you know, when you're through your fashion, your food and everything. Yes, uh-huh. What do you like America, about American, America in terms of culture compared to India? Or is it kind of like
7: 50-50? Uh, I think in, in America, we are exposed to a whole lot of different cultures. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. Whereas, you know, in India, it's mostly about Indian culture, Correct. especially at the time. Mm-hmm. So I really like the diversity that we see here. That is true. That is true. And you do it also. You're a wife and a mother,
1: and you do so much. How have you been able to balance the fast-paced American life and still be able to maintain the wholesomeness of your marriage and family?
7: Having a good husband helps. (laughs) (laughs) Who understands? Yes. Yes. So that part is good, but, you know, just basically... I don't know. You just you enjoy what you do, and yes. then you just do it. Oh,
1: absolutely! <laughs> and uh, moving on. So you are the founder of quite a few thriving enterprises. You have the LA India Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. You have Nemo's Exotic Ice Cream. Mm-hmm. You have, a, which is a brand of ice, of Indian style ice cream. Yes. And you have the saffron spot. What, what is your inspiration in all of this?
7: You know, it's it's love for things that you do. Mm-hmm. So basically, Nemo's uh, Exotic Ice Cream actually is related to saffron spot okay. because saffron spot is the main sort of snack bar where mm-hmm. we serve the ice cream. Yeah. And we also do catering with it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's basically love for so many things. And food and fashion have always been my love really since childhood. Yes. Fashion too. And I'm glad I eventually reached there because, you know, always loved it growing up as a child. Yeah. I was always into it.
1: So tell me about your fashion week. How did mm-hmm. you come about that? That's a big endeavor.
7: It is. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, And, you know, um, just I think from the love of fashion and being able to promote fashion and to give uh, give fashion enterprises sort of a platform to promote their fashion. So Mm -hmm. I directly don't sell, but it's really about giving opportunities Mm -hmm. to many different designers, vendors, you know people that sell to promote their fashion. Okay. So what advice
1: would you give to other immigrants who are just starting off and trying to pursue their dreams? I mean, you have like four dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Some people can barely have
7: one. What <laughs> advice would you give them? Just hang in there, you know, follow mm-hmm. your love of things that you like to do. Yes. Um, of course, I think you can do it anywhere, although I see, you know, America is a land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um. Follow your dreams and just hang in there and be persistent. Be
1: persistent. Be persistent. Be persistent. And what you have to tell our American listeners. We the immigrants, I hope you heard. So <laughs> what what do you want to tell Americans about your immigrant journey and what they need to know about India, about you?
7: Wow, okay. Um I think maybe be more accepting of other cultures. Okay. And of other people's journey that mm-hmm. that's along the way. Yeah. India, basically, what would I tell you? Know a land of color,
1: lot <laughs> of color,
7: and being in the fashion business or, and ice cream too. Our ice creams colorful as well, so color kind of you know just kind of stands out to me. But see, we are here again, like I said, to pursue opportunities to yes. make our lives better. So that's you know that's amazing. Yeah. That's so we're gonna end this on this note.
1: Tell me, tell our listeners, when is your next fashion show? When does it take place? Is it, it's annual. Is it It's annual? annual, yes. So and every the, year, every year, date, yes. It's,
7: it's not just clothes; it's clothes, accessories, menswear, mm-hmm. saris, contemporary wear, everything in one place, and lots of fashion shows too.
1: I mean, when I see you on like social media, uh-huh. you're always so looking so regal in those your saris and everything. You know, do you think that Americans are? Understand the beauty of our culture and our diversity <laughs> as immigrants,
7: <laughs> I hope so, well we hope so well,
1: maybe when they if they come to the fashion show they yes maybe they do
7: appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I think definitely they do appreciate it. And you know, you see even in mainstream people wearing Indian influence clothes Correct. or Indian clothes, so Good. yes, and your saffron sport
1: and um the ice cream. Mm-hmm. Cater? Right. Tell our listeners. Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. We
7: do cater for events, large and small. Mm -hmm. Um, We we do a lot of weddings. We do any other kind of parties and special events. So, yep. Um, That's wonderful. So, thank you so much. Of course. For that exciting conversation
1: (laughs) and uh, just inspiring our listeners. And good luck with everything you do. I look forward to some delicious ice cream and all the good stuff from your events. (laughs) So... What don't you do, my dear? You do everything. You're a woman of many talents. Your story <laughs> truly gives immigrants hope for a better future. And you're listening to Impact on KPFK 90.7 FM, where immigrants and Americans discuss America today. That was Ms. Smita Vasant, an accomplished immigrant entrepreneur. To learn more about Smita and her amazing accomplishments, go to her Facebook page at smita.vasant.7. And on her Instagram, you can follow her at Smita K. Vasant. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pamela. You're welcome. This is Impact on KPFK 90.7 FM, where immigrants and Americans discuss America today. I am Pamela Anchang. On to our Community Impact Spotlight, where we introduce you to the pillars of our community we welcome to the show mr mohammed islam founder and executive director of the south asian business alliance network known as saban mr mohammed islam is an accountant financial services provider entrepreneur and business community activist now not everyone likes community responsibility but Mohammed has a special love for people and particularly the joyful task of empowering immigrant communities. He is involved with several local and national pro business, economic development, leadership advocacy, and social networking business groups, and is the founder and executive director of Saban South Asian Biz Network, a South Asians in America's pro-business group since 1998, which has held annual business conferences and gala events of South Asian Americans since 2007. For his dedication and service to the small and diversity business communities, he has received numerous awards over the years, including the U.S. SBA Minority Business Champion, the Diversity Business Collaboration Award by the Carson Black Chamber of Commerce, and the Best Chamber Advocate by LA Metro Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. To crown it all, He has also received numerous awards and recognitions from State Assembly members, congressional, and chamber leaders. Quite the resume of a real leader. He's here to share with us why his community holds such a special place in his heart.
2: Thank you. How are you doing, Mohamed? Thank, thank you so you much. Thank you very much. Thank you for the invitation.
1: You're welcome. Uh-huh. So welcome to Impact. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: let's start to from the
1: top, okay? You're doing it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So tell me, in a nutshell, how you came about, like us, all immigrants. How did you come to the United States? When did you come?
2: Oh, well, I uh, almost 40 years ago, in 1979, Wow. I came uh, as a student over mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and uh, went for a business school. Okay, you know? and then uh, <laughs> family, business, everything—you yes. know—the uh, starting with the American dream and all that. You know,
1: did some of the challenges you experience motivate you to serve the community with so much vigor? You are so dedicated to community.
2: Well, you know them. It's always in my heart, the passion, you know, yes. uh, always uh, to, give, to get back to community. Mm-hmm. you know. So whenever I did, you know, say, when if I have some time, I'm going to do this. I'm right. going to do that. If I have some money, I'm going to do this. So yes. It's the passion driving me.
1: You know, this show is really about not just immigrants talking to immigrants. It's also we need to let American com- community, our mm-hmm. uh, brothers and sisters yes. that are natural born Americans understand us. Do you, how do you feel about the messaging or the packaging of the immigrants right now in terms of how we perceive? Do you think that Americans understand the immigrant contributions and what do you want to tell them about you as an immigrant, as someone that is a founder of an organization that's doing so much?
2: Yeah. Well, you know the the immigrant um, community, you know, and the other uh, different uh, minority communities, very. Much into their their business, you know. You go any community, all yes. those mom and pop show, uh, shops, the small businesses, those are built by the minority in the in those immigrant community, you know. And um, when you talk about yeah, there's some misconception about going on, you know, with the recent uh, uh, politics and the situation. But I always talk about the issue of the, you know, the uh, immigrants, uh, immigrants that are coming up, you know. I think most of the immigrants, they want to do something, you know, that, and they want to do something new, you yeah. know. That innovation and desires is the best thing that uh, our community, or uh, any immigrant community, give it to the American society.
1: That's amazing. Well said in yeah. a nutshell. So thank you so much, right. Mohamed. Thank you for <laughs> teaching us about the South Asian Business Alliance yeah. Network, known as Saban, your dynamic community, and all the work you do to create impact, impact in our society. We hope you keep us posted. So how can we find out about your activities
2: uh, you go to Facebook and uh, mm-hmm. just Saban S A B A N members, and you will pop up. And the diversity, same with the DVF Diversity Business Forum. You know, you can go through there, and then we can. Uh, you'll see a lot of link to go through there.
1: Thank you so much. You're welcome. And you are listening to Impact on KPFK ninety point seven FM, where immigrants and Americans discuss America today. That was Mr. Mohammed Islam, founder and executive director of Saban, the South Asian Business Alliance Network. Thank you so much. <laughs> So we have come to the end of our exciting show, Impact, on KPFK 90.7 FM. We hope you enjoyed our candid conversations with all our guests. Thanks to our formidable panel and guests for a wonderful time. Please join our conversation by sharing your thoughts on our Facebook page at Impact with Pamela Anchang and follow me on Instagram at Pamanchang, Twitter at Pamela Anchang, and finally, www.immigrantmagazine.com, Voice of Immigrants in America. We hope you tune in to our next show, Impact on KPFK 90.7 FM, where immigrants and Americans discuss America today with your host, Pamela Anchen. We will now leave you with more music spotlight from world music master Charles, giving you only the best of world music.